here we go, episode 13 of the Hibs Ramble. You might be thinking, whose voice is that? It's me, it's Craig. I'm back for what, after what feels like absolutely ages. Um, I'm joined, as always, by Liam. Hello. And also our new addition. He'd done well on trial while I was away. He stepped up in my absence. First time I've met him as well, so welcome, Sean. It's good to have you on board, mate. Thank you very much, mate. Um, I'm not going to critique your performance while I was away. I think... Um, because it's flawless, I know. I know, it's fine. To do that in the public domain is unfair on you and the team, so we'll keep those discussions behind closed doors. Um, but anyway, as <clears throat> maybe a bit of a jinx me being back, because in my absence, Hibs have been fucking flying recently. Culminating again with a 2-1, sorry, 2-0 victory up in Dingwall. Liam, you were there. Unfortunately, I couldn't get somebody to watch the dug. So that's on the list of absolutely horrific excuses not to go to a game. But how was your, first of all, Liam, how was your journey up? Uh, it was actually all right, to be honest. Um, how did you fill the time, Liam? Come on, let us know. <laughs> I filled the time by getting bevied. Um it was uh, it was not so bad. I thought it was going to take a lot longer than it did because we were in a big bus, but it only took us about three hours, um, which was good, uh, nice and quick. And then we were into the boozer and uh, had a few pints down us. Had enough time for a wee sing song at the Mallard before we uh, before we headed along to the game, which was which was a nice uh, change of pace. Was there many strong opinions shared on the coach on the way up? No, there wasn't many strong opinions apart from uh, the the strong opinion of Charlie Banks. From strong opinion, sitting in the seat directly behind the toilet, so he got a waft of shite every time the door opened. <laughs> we'll not make any direct correlations between wafts of shite and strong opinions, will we? <laughs> Only no, kidding, it's all love. Um, dangerous territory. Very dangerous territory. We're not we're not about that here at the Ramble. We're all peace and love. Um, I so I couldn't go. Sean, I know you couldn't go as well. Um, managed to catch the last half an hour of it um, on on a lovely old stream, and obviously caught the highlights and stuff as well. So couldn't quite go off what Liam was saying because you know how inaccurate that might sometimes be. So mm-hmm. was that a reliable source? I I managed to get the second half fully um, on on a completely legal and legitimate way of watching 3pm football. Because if it wasn't illegal, you would have reported it. Exactly, exactly. But there's this weird thing on my computer that makes it look like I'm actually in Spain. So technically, it's um, I'm not breaking any laws. Just but anyway, on full blast, it just feels like you're in Spain. Yep, exactly. No, well, not so much anymore. The heating is not going on in this house, I can tell you that for a fact. Um, so yeah, I, you're choosing to eat, not to heat. Aye. <laughs> exactly. So the team news was announced. Um, Leon Wright call going with the same same eleven that started against Aberdeen. I think so. Um, me and Sean spoke about that in the in the preview to Ross County. I was quite chuffed actually. Um, I, 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 I I got my team news from the boy. I, I can't remember his name. I think it's Gavin. The the Hibs media boy, he was doing a little bit of uh, filming all the Hibs fans at the, at the Mallard, and I just sort of screamed at him, is McCurdy playing? And he, he went, no, he's on the bench, mate, or something like that, and I was thinking, oh, well, it must be the same team then. So I checked, 
same team. I thought it was uh, the right call. I felt that Kukarevic was probably the right decision to go up through the middle as well um, against a team of absolute hammer throwers, anti-footballers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I feel like it was the right call and obviously paid off. It did. I mean, the the first half, I suppose, wasn't really anything uh, to shout home about. In terms of, for me, individuals, I'm finding it hard, even though we're winning, I'm finding it hard to make a case for Ellie Ewan keeping his place at the minute. Um, I know we've got a few questions about that uh, for later on, but there's a thing, uh, Pine Bovril, even amongst our absolutely horrific takes about crowds and all that over the weekend, they usually put out like individual stats every Monday, every Monday, every Tuesday about players, and Ellie Ewan is one of the top players for getting shots on target, but he's not got a goal yet. How do, how would you evaluate his first sort of dozen games at the club, Sean? Do you think he's worthy of his place at the minute, or do you think when McCurdy is breathing down his neck, he, he needs to step up a wee bit? I was hoping that um, he was going to grab himself a goal either last week or this week. Um, I, I actually do really like him. I think I mentioned it quite a few times on previous pods that he, I feel like he brings... Obviously, he's nowhere near Martin Boyle's ability, but he brings similar attributes to what Boyle can bring. Um, I just don't think he's been able to unlock the full potential of any of them yet. Um, And I was hoping to see more from him definitely this weekend than last weekend because he would have known himself that McCurdy will be breathing down his neck and and try try to push him for for a start. So... I think it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds in the next couple of weeks. Um, I was disappointed with him uh, this weekend. Um, I wouldn't say he had a horrendous game, obviously, because we, we, we won 2-0, but I just don't feel like he contributed as much as he is able to, and I feel like that is what's going to let him down. I don't think it's going to be him having a a poor game. I think it's going to be him maybe drifting in and out of games that's maybe going to cause uh, Lee Johnson to drop him. Um, and McCurdy's clearly is loved by everyone. Um, there's going to be pressure for him to start playing. We've paid a fee for him. Uh, it was our big big signing at the end of this at the end of the summer. And obviously we signed Boyle, but at the end of the window. So there's going to be pressure for him to play. So it's going to be a case of whoever's not pulling their weight is going to be the one that's on the bench. And I think that could actually be Ellie Yuan um, sooner rather than later, unfortunately. Although it will be a tremendous option to have for the bench. No, I agree. And it was interesting listening to Mickey Weir um, in the second half because so often when you, you listen to co-commentators um, during the game, um, they try to talk... Almost anything that Cliff says, they'll back it up without really okay. giving any sort of insight. Whereas Mickey Weir, there was a period where he spoke about Ellie Yuan. And it's interesting when you hear somebody like Mickey speak, given the, the you know the strikers that he played with, you know, Keith Wright and Darren Jackson, to name two of them. And his thoughts are that he, that Yuan's a striker playing out wide. In terms you, get, of, you certainly get that impression with his runs as well. And the fact that he's always wanting to come inside and 
get involved in the play. Very, um, you see that quite a lot with strikers that play on the the wide left. So, but yeah, I, I heard Mickey Weir's take on that as well. It was interesting to hear. And I think it's with now, you know, when you go back to last season, there wasn't really the options. I mean, you look at that bench on Saturday without players like Nisbet, Melkerson, uh, Dimitri Mitchell as well. You know, for the first time in a very, very long time, if you're not pulling your weight, and not to say that Yuan's not pulling his weight, I think, you know, you go back to the Celtic and Rain- uh, sorry, the Hearts and Rangers games, you know, he contributed to getting us back in the game against Rangers and then stealing stealing the, the one-all win against Hearts as well. But I do agree, Sean, he needs to... I've said it before with Liam, I, I feel he takes too many touches. Uh, he's, he's, his work rate is, is there, or has been, part... He's, he obviously started very poorly against Aberdeen and then came into it a wee bit more as we came into it. But the last couple of games, it has been... From what we've seen so far, a bit off the boil, and I don't know. I hope that's not the fact that maybe pressure coming to him, but he'll know that he's going to have to step it up a wee bit further because of the like, say, you know, Melkerson and that still to step in. Do you think there's a wee drop in confidence because he's no scored a goal yet? Ah, it's only it's only natural for a striker or an attacker in any way. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, you look at where we're sitting in the table, can sit in fourth on the table. We were third for a period of time on Saturday until St Mirren got a late winner. But Boyle's, Boyle and Josh Campbell are joint top goal scorers, I think, before each. Yeah. Um, I know he's only played two games, but Kukarevic hasn't scored, Melkerson hasn't scored, Ewan hasn't scored, McCurdy hasn't scored. Pretty much all our attacking options haven't scored bar Martin Boyle. And... A lot of that will be because a, a lot of our attacks will come down his way because he's such a key man as well. So I think it's, yeah. I think a lot like Josh Campbell, he's got a lot of his goals by picking up scraps, um, late runs and stuff like that, which have ultimately came from drop drop balls or loose balls that were maybe meant for Boyle or have came from his side. So I'm not surprised that Boyle's the one obviously with the the, the highest goals along with Josh because obviously he's picking up scraps. But um, I think it is only a matter of time till the rest of them do pick up a goal. And I think it's because we're so dominant down that right side as well, and a lot of our play comes down it. I do feel for the players on the left side as well. But um, yeah, I think it's. I would be concerned if they weren't getting into the right areas, and I'd also be concerned if they didn't have the quality. But I think we can all agree that. Um, Kukarevic will get a goal eventually. Um, McCurdy's got more than enough quality to do it, and so does um, Elliouan. I think it's just a case of matter of time, and we know Melkerson can can produce when needed as well, whether it be through the middle or out wide. No, I agree, and it's it's almost. I mean, you look at we've had seventy four shots in our last three games. Um, there's going to come a time where a team's going to take a doing. And Kukarevic is going to get one or two along with Boyle, along with maybe McCurdy, Ewan or whatever. There's going to be a team that's going to that's going to take an absolute sore arse off us. Um, but the back to the game. I mean, what a week it was for Ryan Porteous. Um, you know, he's been battered for pillar to post by the media, opposition fans, and then he goes and produces a performance in such a high-pressure game for Scotland during the week. And it was no surprise to any of us because 
we've seen Ryan week in, week out for the last what I'd say he's been a first team fixture for coming up five years now, four or five years. Um, you know, he's he gets constantly told about his concentration that he needs to, you know, stop making errors leading to goals. I think it was in the last what is it, forty odd games. No Ryan Porch's no mistake has well, led. Was, uh, has I, led JD said that it was a uh, goals in last season, no errors leading the goals. So I, don't, I think it was there wasn't even any Porch's errors leading to a shot, never mind a goal. Yeah, right. So uh, this, in the last almost just under 40, 40 league games. Yeah. So this whole narrative that he needs to concentrate more, he needs to focus more, has been completely debunked as a lot of shite, and you can see how. The, the complete narrative around Ryan Portis has changed from Wednesday night when he when he played for Scotland. You know, he's been on a view for the terrace. He's done some sort of quickfire question thing with the BBC. He's done interviews with all the press that have painted him in such a positive light. And it's a joke that he's taken that, though. Yep. Because he's been such a good player for such a long time for Hibs. Mm-hmm. And I, granted, he's maybe got sent off a couple of times, but... Look how many times Alfredo Morelos, a striker, has got sent off for Rangers, which is you know two or three times more than Ryan Porteous has been sent off. He's yeah. been booked this. Uh, has he been booked this season? I don't think he has. Uh, Ryan, I. Has he? Uh, I mean, like, he, he, he got, got booked against Hearts. And he got booked uh, against Kelly when he was scrapping with Lafferty. But you could, you could in a way argue that having that edge about his game brings out sometimes the best in him because it allows him to wind people up and put others off his game. Yeah. It's abundantly clear in the last almost 40 league games that when he's put a foot wrong, it's not led to a sh- even a shot on goal or a shot on target. So if you look at the stats, the stats would back up that the way that he performs suits him down to a tee. Yeah. It puts, it puts other people off as well. And you, you look at you look at people like, we might even touch on it, and I, I don't really want to talk about him, but Cammy Devlin's played maybe like 50 games for Hearts, and he's got almost 20 yellows in, in a red as well. So Ryan's, Ryan's played almost 170 games, 169 games for Hibs, four reds, and I think he has not that many more yellows, if not around the same that, as And, and that's a centre-half. That's not a bad return yeah. a centre-half. It's all about, it's all about the narrative as well. Scotland loved to have a boo boy and loved oh, to, you know, I mean, it was Varelos a couple of seasons ago, so it'll be someone else when Ryan moves on. No, it's, I think it's, it's almost vindicated the support that we've had for him, though, you know, that we've said for a while. I mean, I think that was maybe his eighth or ninth time on a squad without getting picked. And what. Last four I, years in a row. He's been in a squad the last four years and not been picked yet. Yeah. And I think it shows Steve Clark's loyalty to certain players. I mean, it would be it would have been easy for Ryan at times to pull out of a squad because you know he was behind players like Liam Cooper at the time. Um, I think Scott McKenna and Jack Hendry are probably the established centre half pairing for Scotland. However, Ryan's now breathing in their necks. I feel, I feel he is third, possibly, definitely fourth choice, possibly third. Um, if we were to go to a three, I would I would be expecting him to be in the mixer. To yeah. Start. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Sure. But he he capped off a brilliant week. Um, I don't know what what was better, Porteous getting the first goal or Hibbs actually managing to do something for a throw-in. It's 
Um, Joe Newell long throws from now on. What a, what a uh, Joe Newell takes the throw, uh, kind of breaks a wee bit in the box, and then Ryan's there to stuck it away with his, with his left peg as well. Um, Great strike. Maybe well. players like Yuan and Kukarevic could maybe take a take a thing or two for, for Ryan in the box, but it's it was absolute limbs as well. By the way, it looked at limbs. It was quality. I was standing right behind the box seven gadgets and uh, it just went absolutely mental but I was only celebrating for a few seconds I turned around my dad was like I've lost my glasses I was <laughs> like oh no so I was doing on my hands and knees fucking elbowing folk out the way to try and get my old man's glasses back <laughs> because he was go- he's going on holiday to Rome on Monday he's just he's just away to Rome yesterday and you know if his glasses had broke then he would have been fried up do you know what I mean so uh, I, had to, I had to get the, el- the old Marin Fellaini elbows out, bang, bang, and get some elbows into some size. I, I got them back, I retrieved them, and they were, uh, they were in perfect working condition. So well, he was able to see the second goal then? He was able to see the second goal, and I, I, I turned around as soon as we scored the second goal, held the glasses firmly to his face so that they didn't fall off again. It was probably me that knocked him off the first time, to be honest. Can we read anything in uh, kissing the badge when he scored? Yes, we can. We really can. Can we read anything in for the celebration? Well, he said that that's like an inside joke between him and his pals and that. So. Well, I think you you put it out on a Twitter the other day that P could <laughs> penning a new contract. Penning a new contract. The um, biggest clutch at straws, I think. What's the I mean, I know we've got... Do you know what? We'll leave it till the end because we've got a question about that specifically. Um, not really so much about individual sort of passages of playing that, but the second goal comes for a good ball in for Cadden on the right-hand side. And Boyle... Yeah, yeah Boyle takes a touch and, and finishes it with ease through Laidlaw. I think I think it only looks like it's such a good ball because he's found because there is the man at the edge of the box there and where Boyle is. I think um, I don't know if he's meant to find Boyle. I don't think he meant either. If I'm honest, and I'll I'll be honest, I'll contradict what you've said. I don't actually think it's a great ball because I don't only because I don't think he knows that Boyle's there. It only looks great because Boyle's there and someone's on the end there. If he puts that ball in. And a county player's at the edge of the box, sweeps it up and runs away, we're slating him. But, aye, we got to go for it. So but it's Sean, that doesn't box. happen, and we're not about negativity here on the Ramble, we're all about positivity. I know. Cadden meant it a million percent. It was an excellent ball in, an excellent finish. But for me, it's more about the... I mean, we've seen it... The Kilmarnock game was a bit of an outlier, but Aberdeen, we... I felt battered them. Aye. And I felt Saturday, second half as well, we battered Ross County as well. This, I mean, Lee Johnson said it would take 10 to 12 games for us to see where we were at. The Kilmarnock, Aberdeen and then Ross County game, their games 10, 11 and 12. And he'd done, a, he'd done an interview with the Sunday Times after the game. And was asked about this identity because Michael Stewart says we can only play against ten men. But Michael Stewart's a fanny. Just but what what we've noticed is that you know Johnson 
is looking into the fine details. So, for example, he makes a reference to Ash Taylor getting sent off for Kilmarnock. They work on getting Boyle in behind a slow defender. Because if Boyle's between defender and goal, there's two outcomes. We're either scoring or the defender has to make a foul. And even then, the uh, Liam Scales first booking for Aberdeen is because they've been working on Josh Campbell's footwork. So everything, you know, we're we're almost making our own luck in those instances. But I've been I've been really impressed with how relentless they seem to be. I think None if you look at the last maybe three games, excluding maybe a ten minute spell against Aberdeen and most of the first half there, the last three games we've been dominant from start to finish. Like Kelly were never on top at any point. Yeah. His most dominant display I've seen him play in a very, very long time. We, we bossed Aberdeen, albeit 10 men, like it was coming regardless. And Aberdeen weren't doing great. And then obviously it was a slow start on, on Saturday there. But other than that, like Ross County offered absolutely nothing. They didn't do anything. They didn't offer anything. Marshall maybe had one decent save to make. and he, But that's now expected of, of somebody of his quality. The last three games, we've not really been troubled that much um, to the point where we should be worried. And, no. and we've, we've been dominating, as the stats show. And the positive as well from the attacking side, I mean, eight games into the league, we've only conceded seven goals. I think we've got, Marshall's got maybe four clean sheets, possibly four, uh, three or four clean sheets. So it shows that even when we are committing bodies forward and trying to be relentless in attack, we're still so so assured and still so comfortable at the back. I mean, a game on Saturday, you would have been looking at um, Jordan Light, who's a big laddie, up against Paul Hanlon and thinking, you know, that Paul's maybe going to be given a runaround here. But it couldn't have been any further for you. Porteous and and Hanlon um, didn't give him any change whatsoever. Uh, I was looking at the... I was looking at stats, and in terms of dribbles down the line, Ross County completed none. So that shows you how comfortable uh, Cadden and Chabria are at the back. You've then got... I want to speak just, just briefly on Nohan Kenner, because he's been given a bit of stick by certain Hibs fans. Um, as well, in my opinion. Because of his lack of perceived lack of quality on the ball. He's not. not what he's there for, though. I like so that you're saying perceived as well because it does show that if you, I feel like you had such a good game on Saturday, but I don't think a lot of people would have noticed how good the game was, and that's what you want from a player like that. You want to not notice how good they're playing. If they're, if you, if you're not noticing how well they're playing, that's because they're allowing everyone else to play so well. It's, it's very. Exactly. That's exactly what you want from a player like that, and I don't understand why people. It's very harsh to say, but if you don't understand the quality that somebody like that is bringing to the team and the freedom that he's bringing Joe Newell as well, then you just don't understand how football should be played in that in that formation, in that position. So Joe Newell is a different player this season than he was last season because of yeah. That was going to be my point. Got, that was going to be our point. It's the, the presence of Newell regardless of what he's doing on or off the ball, just him being there 
is giving Newell and Campbell that license to go forward. I mean, I've I've been so critical of Joe Newell um, to the point even in the even in the even after the first couple of games, I was like, just get him, just sell him, get rid of him. He's not good enough. He's been here under four managers now. Each manager he's played under has got the sack. He's contributed to Ayers finishing third and then has fallen away. But um, you need to hold your hands up and, and say that the signing of Kenna has given, you know, what, at what point could you have thought after the summer that we would be delighted and actually enjoy watching a midfield that contained Newland uh, Campbell? I know. We wouldn't have because I last season we, we hated watching Doyle Hayes, Campbell and Newell together. But that goes to show the how shite Maloney ball actually was. Because all that's happened is we've signed one player and put him in an area where he can look after the shitty side of the game. And it's given two players who a lot of people wanted out the door freedom to go forward. I mean, you wouldn't you'd be looking at if if the for the team for when we play on Saturday. Um, against Motherwell and we're going to have a separate episode out later on in the week covering the Motherwell game specifically but if you're going to look at the team sheet and you'll see that Josh Campbell's not on it you'd be like well why and that just shows you how what Johnson has actually done to turn turn perceptions of even players like that Maloney um, Maloney touched on it himself when he was at the a fans Q&A like he said like the reason why I'm having to play this way is because my midfield isn't good enough is because I'm missing that one body that I need that will break up the play and basically do the job that Kenner's doing. Like he, he said it himself, and he's like, that's why I'm having to play what I'm having to play. So I'm absolutely, I'm, didn't get me wrong, there's not a single Hibs fan that would have seen, even Josh Campbell's parents wouldn't have seen the form that he's on and how good he's became. Like, But I'm completely, I'm not surprised in the slightest by Joe Newell's improvement at all, purely I because Mm. I mean, he, show, he, he has showed it in abundance for Hibs, but it's mental that it's taken one player to come in. We've signed one new player, and then it's as if that Joe Newell and Josh Campbell, is a, we've signed them fresh as well, and they're just coming straight into the team. So It's the consistency we've wanted for Newell. Like we said, we've seen at times Newell in one-off games can be excellent, and then for the following three or four games, he can look like he's never kicked a ball in his life. So no, it's yeah. it's exciting. Um, I'm really enjoying watching Hibs at the minute. I think we all are. Um, so we've got, like I say, we'll have a um, another episode out during the week looking at the Motherwell game. But I think that's just to just to touch on it a wee bit. Um, I can't believe that Sozzy's going to be back at, at Easter Road. Like um, he he was he was at Hibs my first season as a season ticket holder when I was seven. Um, I don't know what you. I know Liam, you're maybe a bit too, too young to remember him. Um, I don't know what your memories are. I was born '93, so my first season ticket would have maybe been '97 or '98 or something like that. I definitely started going to games about about '97-ish. Aye, I was the same. Aye, and it's um. It's going to be amazing to see him, see him back at Easter Road. Um, hopefully we can get a good sellout. But what everybody's here for is the Pioneership Review. Which pie is the best in 
the pie review Which pie is the best in the pie review Now, it's going to only be one score this week because, obviously, it was only Liam that was in Dingwall. But he is CTC, committed to content. So he has got his pie, and I'll now pass over to Liam to to give you his breakdown and his score. Committed to content, committed to eating pies. I'll uh, I'll make an opening statement, and uh, I'll tell you that I had three pies on Saturday. I had three. So if this isn't a high-scoring pie, then I'll be very, very surprised. One after the other. Were they all the Were they all the same pie? I had uh, well, I told um, Paddy who we go to the games with. He was he was going down to get pies and that, and he went, "Do you want one?" I went, "I get me a steak pie." He came back up with a scotch pie. So I had that, and it was good. It was a good pie, and I was like, "Oh, that's bad of that." And then I was like, "Well, it wasn't what I wanted though," so I went down and got myself a steak pie. And then after the game, they were still selling pies, so I was like, I'll get another one. So I'll get right into the, I'll get into the meat and drink it, eh? So, wait, so hold on, so, so what, what pie are we reviewing here? Steak pie. Steak pie, right, okay. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that was because that was the best at the free. Well, we only had to. Aye, had but steak pies. You're, you're, you're clearly going to be reviewing the best one that you, that you had then, yeah? Absolutely. Temperature four. So close. So close to perfect, just a shade too hot. Shade too hot. Fill in. Five. Whoa. Oh. The, first, the first five of the season. Oh, oh hold on. It was, it was gorgeous. It was tender. The, the gravy was like, kind of in between anyway, between too thick and too thin. Just perfect consistency. And there was a it was a really good ratio. It wasn't too much meat. It wasn't too much gravy. It was a perfect ratio between between the two pastries. A three pastry let it down slightly. It was um, soggy bottom again, was it? A bit, just just mm. a bit though. It was eatable. It didn't break apart or anything. It was uh, eatable, edible. Uh, <laughs> it didn't fall apart or anything. It was just a little bit soggy. If it was a bit crisper, then uh, then it would have been better. And price uh, as a three because it was three pound fifty. Given um, given Ross County, wait, what did I say for page three? Three. Given given uh, Ross County a total of fifteen out of twenty, the highest score of the season so far. Bravo, Ross County. If if you're listening, the guy who makes it or the woman who makes the Ross County pies, superb, superb. Excellent. It's the nice to see the first first five. First five of the season. Oh, I mean, um, you're happy to see it. I was delighted to see it. I think I've put it off, put it off enough this season. I think I'll be releasing my Easter Road Pie review next week. Right, I've had, Sean, you need to join in as well. I've had three or four, and I've tried to. I've again new catering and all that, and I've tried to. There's been a couple of good pies, a couple of shite pies, but this is this is going to be the the deciding pie review from Easter Road. So um, we'll need to get yours as well then for Saturday. Yeah. Or are you going Don't to be like Michael? Pie options at Easter Road. Are you going to be like Michael and refuse to eat a pie? No, no, no. I, I love myself a wee pie, especially on an away game. The best. It's the steak, it's the the steak best, pies that we're reviewing. Excluding, excluding a, excluding a Kelly pie, the best away day pie that I've had was actually this season. It was Bonnie Rig away. Oh, no, beat the Bonnie Rig. Kebab. I heard that they did Donner kebab pies, pie. and that's a bit of me. 
Although I'm off Donner meat to now, Craig is a total Unbelievable. Big shout out to Bonner and Rose. Love that. Aye, the the rosy posy pies are are decent. Anyway, we'll um we'll move on to questions to sort of wrap up the this the review of the Ross County game. Um, one bit I haven't touched on because I wanted to leave it until the end because it's the first question we've got is how good was it to see Kyle McGuinness back on the pitch again? I didn't I think even realise he was on the pitch until for for what the lad he's been through in the last almost twelve months. Um, you know, Hibs fans have been so frustrated at not having him on the pitch, so you can only imagine what it feels, what it feels like for Kyle. Um, so it was, it was amazing to see him back out there. And the first question comes from, and I'm, I'm sorry if I butcher your surname, but it's, it's got too many C's in it for me. Um, <laughs> Harry, we'll go McCondockey. Does that sound about right? That'll do for me. Aye. Uh, when fully fit, does McGinnis get in the team? Yes, I think it's I think it's only fair based on how good he was pre-injury. If he gets anywhere near to that level again, it would you, you couldn't not. It would just be a case of how are you, how are you fitting him in? If if Campbell's still playing well, you've then got a similar player in 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 you and Henderson as well, and then you still you don't want to break up Kenna and uh, and Newell. So yes, would be my answer to that. But my concern would be I don't want it to come at the detriment of form or shape. Because you saw what happened when we pushed an and Henderson out wide. I don't want what that to happen again. Don't want it to come at the detriment of former shape. Listen, right, this this is the level of this is the level of grammar and vocabulary you get from the ramble. You will not it's get this. Peeps. Anyway, and that is without any added caveats as well, let me add. No caveats this episode at all. We love a caveat at the Hibs Ramble. Uh, so Harry, hope that answers your question. And if you want to DM us to how to actually pronounce your surname, that would be greatly appreciated. And we'll tell everyone. We'll tweet how we'll tweet how to pronounce it. Yeah, we both sorted like Hibs done away Kukarevich. <laughs> Next one is from Kevin Wilson. Given his performances and media coverage around him, it's very unlikely Porteous is staying. Should we look to get a fee for him in January or let him go for free in the summer? Great question. Great question. It depends. How much is he worth to us? Is he worth is he worth five hundred, six hundred grand in January, or is he worth having us the young man? No, but I mean I'm talking about people can get them for, for free. So yeah, I know, I through know. The So it depends, you know, how much Hibbs value him. Do they value the money more or do they value Ryan Porteous more? I would be happier seeing him go for nothing at the end of the season than sell him in January and try and get a replacement in. Because we're already thin enough at centre-half. So. I um, I completely agree. Um, Craig, I'm sure you'll have similar views. I wouldn't want losing Ryan Porteous to harm our European um, title <coughs> challenge. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I think letting him go in January would be a massive mistake. The only way I could see the board allowing that to happen is if we got more money for selling them than we would finish in third and qualifying for the Europa League slash Conference League, like similar to what Hearts have done. I assume, and I could be wrong, that finishing third this season will have a similar outcome next season in regards to qualification and seeding and stuff. So that's obviously what we should be aiming for. And I think 
if we were to lose Ryan in January, not only would we then need to spend that money, although we need a defender anyway, we would then need to spend that money to then bring someone in and then wait on them to gel, which could then harm our form. So I would I would happily let them go for free if it meant we were able to finish third and, and get the same as what, what Hearts got this year in regards to guaranteed football, European football till Christmas. Yeah, I think also like January is a very, very hard window to replace your best players and we saw that this January when we let Boyle go and we couldn't replace him but we would try to replace him with Sylvester Jasper, you know what I mean? So it's a very, very difficult window to buy a a important important player if you've not got you know an abundance of money which is something that you know we don't have an endless pot of cash to spend so i would definitely say let him go at the end of the season for it'd, it'd be so. different if we had a ready-made replacement for him so say yeah. say like say it was like i don't know say it was josh campbell that was running out of contract and he was our best player like you could maybe understand selling him in the January because we've got so many number tens mm. that could come in and that have been here for long enough to then slot in and understand the formation and everything. But we just don't have that at centre half. We're short as it is. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think the money that you get from finishing third with the riches on offer in Europe as well versus, I mean, Ryan's what twenty three next year so he's actually if he goes if he was to go down south on a Bosman I don't think Hibs would be eligible for actually that much compensation and nobody's nobody's going I don't think anybody's going to be absolutely desperate to buy him in January that they can't wait four yeah, five not a and a half nah and not a so I I mean you never know if we finish third he could you know represent Hibs in Europe again you know, Group stage European football. I mean, he's shown. I suppose there's the there's the when you flip flip the coin, you know, it's like oh, you know, he needs to go at a higher level to play more regularly for Scotland, maybe. But it's now been shown that he can play for Hibs and play for Scotland. So it depends on what he wants. I know he done an interview where he says he wants to play at the highest level possible. Um, I don't buy into this argument that um, we should, you know, he should sign a new contract just to get Hibs money. Blah blah blah. You know, he's that could come at a detriment for him and his next move. Exactly. It's not even that. It's, you know, he, he doesn't owe Hibs anything. No. So, you know, Hibs have given him the platform to play. Hibs have given him the platform to play for his country. Um, so, right, we just need to we just need to wait and see. But, Kev, I think we're all in unanimous agreement that we keep him until the end of the season. Unless he kicks off about not going, then I would rather let him go. Because you didn't want it to be the detriment to the whole team. I say chain him up, keep him at HCC, feed him wheat mix every three hours, and make him play for Hibs for the rest of Next one is for Jack Kell underscore eighteen seventy five. Do you see any noticeable changes going into Motherwell? Um, and I suppose this this feeds into a couple more uh, for Gav Dick. Uh, we should. Do you think we should change up the formation? Personally, I'm not sure. Playing Yuan or McCurdy on the left. Um, who else is there? I think if there is a change, it will be McCurdy in for Yuan. Yeah. I think that's the... Same with Callum. Uh, Callum Laidlaw said, does McCurdy come in on Saturday or do we see Johnson stick with a settled lineup as possible? I think 
those all sort of leading at the same thing. I wouldn't change what's broke, what isn't broken. I think we're playing well as it is. The only the only thing I would say would be, you know, based on how they train during the week, that would maybe give McCurdy the edge over over you and the name of obviously we've got um potentially Melkerson coming back in as well. It might not actually do you it might actually help him a little bit if he's then an option off the bench rather than the pressure to start and I feel like it would be a little bit less pressure if he came on, you know, with half an hour to go or something. Mm-hmm. I think the way I think a lot of people forget that a lot of our wide players, obviously they are all strikers and can play through the middle, but they do play through the middle because, like Greg, what you were saying earlier on with Ross County not getting down our 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 wings, that's because our fullbacks are pushed so high up. Mm-hmm. You've got both fullbacks pushing that high up that it forces our um, our wide players to come inside and become second and third strikers um, yeah. inverted wingers or inverted strikers whatever you want to call it so I think if we continue to play the way that we're playing those wide players will continue to get goals Boyle's not got his four goals by playing through the middle he's got them by playing out wide and cutting in which is what yeah. they should also be doing on the left hand side so um, I don't think it's a case of all oh, they're playing wide left, not in this formation. I think it's a, it ends up being a, a straight three through the middle because the fullbacks are so high up. Mm-hmm. Uh, John McIntosh, what's everyone having for dinner? Um, I've got football training the night, so I'll just. I don't know, but I had McDonald's for lunch. Uh, I'll be having a creamy, cheesy pasta bake with some uh, bacon in there. That does sound good, actually. Aidan Black's asking uh, if Big Miko continues to impress over the next couple of weeks and maybe grabs a couple of goals does Nisbet come back into the team straight away or will he have to bide his time and impress when he gets a chance off the bench I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be the latter because I don't think Johnson is one for well one, I mean Johnson Nisbet's never played under Johnson so it's no like he's one of his favourites and he'll chuck him straight back in I think he'll need to work to get his place. I think that's a given, really. Yeah, given uh, his injury as well, he's going to have to. We're going to have to be careful with him because I think that's Johnson's prerogative is that once you've earned your place, it's yours to lose. Yeah. Or someone else's to earn. So I think that Nisbet will need to work hard to get in the team. Um, I wonder. I, I just don't know. Maybe he'll change shape when Nisbet comes back and go with him and Kukarevic up top. I'm not too sure. I think it'll be um, very telling with how he manages Kyle McGuinness and easing him back in. I think the way that he eases him back in and his game time will be very telling as to how he handles the Nisbet situation as well. Um, there's absolutely no doubt in my eyes that I, I fit Kevin Nisbet with the right support as our best striker um, by a distance. But yeah. I think it is just a case of you know looking after him and easing him back in because of the amount of time that he's been off, very similar to, to Kyle. And, I mean, Kevin's knee does not look great. I don't know if you've seen the pictures like of him in training. Like If you zoom in on his knee, like it, it's a horrible-looking knee. Yep. So it's, it's going to be a long way to get him back to full fitness. Even, even well, not even full fitness, more match fitness. Um, but it will be interesting, once everyone's fit, if we've got, who have we got in this bit? Kukarevic, Boyle, Melkerson, Kurdi, Yuan, Mori, I'm not forgetting Bojan, uh, and then you've then got all our tens as well. You've got Campbell and uh, 
Henderson in that as well. So it's a it's a luxury if we have them all fit. No, I agree. Uh, the next one is from Ben Jeloon. I'm guessing that's not the real Ben J. <laughs> uh, Ewan doesn't need a rest. He needs a rocket up his arse. Talented boy needs to work harder. I think that's a bit harsh, as we've spoken yeah, I think about. That's harsh. I think Ewan works really hard. I like his... He looks lazy sometimes, but I think that's just his demeanour and the way that he is. He's a very, very hard worker, I think. Yeah, no, I think Prior to the last two games, anyway, he's been working his arse off. And I think I think, no, I think he's a very hard worker. I think that's a bit harsh from, uh, from Benji. The next one is from Madas Hussein, um, who... Oh, so that, uh, that he was just replying to me when I was winding up Aberdeen fans. Yeah, uh, his... his uh, thing is my thought is your pish and then his tweet above that is moaning about Aberdeen Airport having crap Wi-Fi stop being such a tramp get a good four well, to be team, honest he, he was thinking about the Hibs Ramble when he was maybe going on holiday so yeah. Yeah, sheep bastard. Uh, Liam Riley what's uh, what's your views on the squad now compared to a month ago felt the bench looked a lot better yesterday that guy's obviously had his sketchers on when making that comment <laughs> standing question um, the Sketchers boys producing once again. Uh, I think we've touched on that as well. The squad's looking really good. Yeah, really, and really good. And that is with still four or five players who could easily fit into the starting team, never mind supplement the bench. Not playing. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is the amount of the players that we have are all in attacking areas. Like, if you look at centre midfield, I know we've got Jake Doyle-Hayes, but if Kenny comes out, it then becomes a Jake Doyle-Hayes null centre midfield again. And then if you look at centre half and that, so we do have a luxury going forward. Um, but I know that, Kevin I know for, comes back as a centre back then. Eh? I know for a fact that Johnson still isn't happy with his options more defensively. So maybe that is um, what we'll look towards, obviously strengthening in, in January. Hope that answers your question, Liam. Uh, someone, Colin McLennan, never heard of this guy before in my life. Um, why is broken glasses, I think. <laughs> Why isn't Devlin of Hearts being subjected to the same level of scrutiny over a potential career ending tackle that has been given to Portress Blade and Cheating? Um as no, I think short answer is not a young Scottish hates Rangers. Yeah. He's I think the short answer that is. Cammy Devlin is the Australian Ian Black, and that is all that will be said about about that. But thanks for getting in touch, Colin. Fish as well. Yeah. Uh, here's another one, someone, SES1809, weirdo that likes Italian football. Don't know who that is. <laughs> um, but no, Sean, we've, we've kind of spoken about the, the errors for Porches leading the goals, actually turns out to be zilch. Right. Um, so... I'm glad that uh, Bigman replied with, with the, the stats backing up. So. Oh, you can, you can yeah. always count on JD to, to back it up with stats. like. Yeah, I'll, do you know what? I'll actually read that out. But then I fucking back it up. I'll actually read it out in its entirety. Ryan had zero errors leading to a shot or goal for the entirety of last season, 29 league games. He's also made zero errors leading to a shot or goal so far this season. So again, this narrative that Ryan needs to concentrate. Uh, what was it when he said on sports scene, Kenny Miller and Mikey Stewart, when Ryan Porches has the right head on, he concentrates, he's a top defender. Regardless of how shite we were going forward last season and in the season we actually finished third, we had the third or fourth best defence in the league. And he was at the heart of that. 
and Poitras yeah. was an integral part of that. So and now he's now he's changing his game slightly to come out more and be more of a ball playing centre half, and he's now one of the most creative players in the league, never mind defenders. Yeah. As but well as still okay. doing his responsibility defensively. So you saw it on Saturday three or four times he stepped out. You saw it for Scotland. He stepped out. Like the boy just doesn't care. He's he's got bags of ability and bags of confidence. He'll step out and and his his timing is immaculate as well. He's brilliant. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Callum's asked uh, another question. Thinking back to your rating of the transfer window a month ago, how do you feel about that now? I'm not going to lie, Callum. I'm not going to lie. I can't remember what my rating of the transfer window was. I think it was average to, to good. I, I would say that was, now, was decent. Now that um, now that players have settled in, players like uh, Kukarevich and that are getting a game, McCurdy's got a bit of character about him. I'd say we're looking pretty good. But again, I don't remember what my rating was at the transfer window, so I do I do apologise for that shoddy sort of answer. I think, I think my rating holds up, to be honest. I tell you what, I was very I, I, excluding Boyle, I I was not happy with the transfer window at all. So I would now be a lot happier. And that is what we're all about, Sean. We're about being fickle as hell. We're about face turns. Yep. Not heel turns. Uh, Haley's asked, with our final team starting to fall into place, is there anyone you'd send out on loan to get competitive minutes? Mm. I think... Good question. Bojang. Can he send a loan out on loan? Bojang will not score a goal for Hibernian during his spell. He will not score a goal at all. I, I don't like that from you, Sean. You, bu- you bully him. It's not nice. And finally, for Billy, King of the North, Father of the Twins, can Liam give us a rendition of the new McCurdy song? Yes, I can, because it was ringing in my head the whole Saturday, because I never stopped singing it. Here we go. <coughs> oh, 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 I'm McCurdy away. And repeat, and repeat, and repeat. What's, uh, what's, that, what's the other one? The knock anyone? Oh, well... Ken Big Liam, Big Liam was uh, singing it Big H. outside. Aye, Big Big Horribine was singing it outside the ground. And it was Ken. Uh, she's the barest of them all. You know that song? Uh-huh, yeah, I know the song. Like, oh, no, I'm Kenny, baby. He plays in front of Fortress and Rocky Bushiri. That's <laughs> decent. <laughs> that one, that, I like that. So, all credit yeah. to Big Horribine because he was singing that. So I like that one. And then. Uh, well done. Finally, off the back of Billy's question, also, who will get off off the mark this season first? I'm guessing he's said this in the car because he's got McCurdy, Yuan, Bojang, Nisbet, or my cola. <laughs> I think um, I think Kukarevich will get one first out, out that list. If I, I think Kukarevich as well because he's a big threat for you. And I think uh, against a lot of the teams that we play, I think one will fall to him, and um, I think he'll get he'll get his neb on on the end of one. Um, I think it'll be a toss up between Eli Yuan or or McCurdy. I think it'll just be a case of whoever nails down that left wing spot will be the one that scores. Um, I feel bad for Melkerson. I'm a big fan of Melkerson. So um, wait, can you, wait, you're a big fan of Melkerson, or Melkerson's a big fanny? Because just what the big I'm a big that. fan of. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he just seems like a good lad, I know. Eh? He just seems like a good lad. So, um, I think I think there's a bit about him. He's so raw as well, ability-wise. So, 
Um, and then I, I think, think so. I think it'll then be Nisbet and. Um, oh Christ! You think everyone's going to get a goal for Sean? Just, just pick one. Pick no, one. I, I said I'm putting them in order. Do you oh, listen? Right. I said this is the order yeah. that I'm putting them in. I thought you were going. Ah, Kukarevich will get one. Actually, no, maybe you are. Oh, Kukarevich, and then it'll be Yuan <laughs> and McCurdy. Then it'll be Melkerson. Then it'll be Nisbet, and then Bojan will leave with no goals. Oh, leave him alone, man. Anyway, enough of the Bojang slander. Uh, oh, that's it for I this week. That's it for this week's episode of the Ramble. Before we go, a couple of things. Uh, good luck to the under 19s against Molde on Wednesday night. Uh, they're trying to overturn a 1 0 deficit to get through in the UEFA Youth League. Easy, job done. Uh, block done, seven, I've got a section behind the goals in the famous five end. So if you're able to, please get down to Easter Road uh, and show these young laddies their, uh, your support. They've done really well to qualify in the first place. They romped the under 19s league last season. And there's a few players playing that have had first team exposure already. Uh, the McIntyre brothers, uh, Murray Aiken's going to will be playing. Josh Bonner. Do you think they're trialing the singing section there for a reason? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think so. Love that. Finally, as we wrap up, Peter McGinley, right, just as I was coming off the questions on Twitter, I've seen this absolute belter. Uh, he's captioned a short story. So uh, a Hearts fans replied to. <laughs> Um, their own Twitter, any chance anyone has or knows where I could find a spare ticket for the match? Uh, Peter my mate's got one, give him a message. Uh, my mate's got one, give me a message. The Hearts fans went, hi, just following up about the Fiorentina home leg ticket. And Peter's replied, I mate, there's no Fiorentina ticket, hope you get pumped. <laughs> that is the kind of patter we love at the Ramble. Um, once again, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It's been good to be back with William and also meeting Sean for the first time. If you could remember, give us a, if you don't already follow us on our social media platform, uh, social media channels at the Hibs Ramble, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and now you get to see us all in glorious 4K, 1080p or whatever it is on YouTube. So aye, we'll be back. It'll be a short turnaround. I think we're maybe going to record Thursday. Uh, for the Motherwell game we'll have a look at the Motherwell game and I apart from that thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of your week thank you